Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Supercoach Edge for the Round 7 review and Round 8 preview. Well, owners of Rory Laird were running scared at the prospect of him potentially missing the clash with Collingwood due to calf tightness. We have journos tweeting that he wasn't going to play, and then thankfully, the Crow CEO came out and said he would 100% play after getting through training. So, tip of the old cap to you, uh, CEO. I don't know what your name is, but uh, tip of the cap. (laughs) But the worry didn't end there, however, with the AFL app and commentators alike reporting in-game that he was subbed out late in the game, when in fact it was an error and he actually hadn't been subbed at all. So a bit of a saving grace there, but uh, fair to say we were all in a glass case of emotion overlaid on the weekend. Yes, yes, it was was also a green day as uh, Tom Green and Will Day were a welcome return to our sides uh, from suspension, thankfully. Meaning we didn't have to rely on as many putrid rookie uh, on-field scores as uh, last week, given that they had absolutely burnt us. God. And, yeah, that was that was rough. And then we had the likes of Goulden, Marshall, and Sheasel among a handful who returned to form, supercoach-wise, which was nice. Whilst uh, Chandler highlighted his importance as a cash cow as he once again kick-started his cash generation playing at the MCG because... I'm telling you now, it's what, what the difference is. Uh, is. Whilst Chincotta or Ricotta or whatever you want to call him gave us all <laughs> hope that we could be the next rookie to replicate with such a rise with a handy score and a big cash projection coming in. Mm. And then we had what next? Nicks. He, he must be a listener because he heated oh, our is. on Nick Dacos playing Ben Keys on him to great effect, largely nullifying him. And I presume... Our checks are in the mail for that advice. No, have to be, 100%. We've, I've been looking ever since uh, mm. after the weekend. Still hasn't arrived, strangely yeah, enough. So, enough. Yeah, yep. Maddie Nix. Yep, exactly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you want to hit us up for any more uh, little little words of wisdom, feel free to do so. 
But of course, uh, if you're not following us on socials, uh, where we post, of course, the latest news, post-match, Supercoach scores, and the odd meme or two, you can do so via on Twitter at Supercoach underscore Edge. You can find myself at DamoJ88. You can find Liam at Liam Evans underscore 95 on Facebook, Insta, and TikTok. Just search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. Yep. Now let's, uh, let's just jump straight into it with our usual recap in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. For those new to our show, uh, if you yeah, haven't tuned in before, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, uh, we uh, roll through some of the notable and the more forgettable performances across the weekend and touch on how our own teams performed in our head-to-head rivalry as we wrestle for ultimate supremacy. Um, yes. Touch on touch on the ultimate supremacy later. Uh, but <laughs> do you want to jump in with the, with the good this week, Damon? Yes, yes, I will. Let's uh, kick it off with uh, Romo, as uh, many call him, or Hola4A. And is of course Marshall. Uh, he takes the honors here with a score of 159, mm. which was his highest score of the year and a welcome score after an up and down start to the year. And you will remember, of course, last week, last week's episode, I gave a bit of a um, stare down the barrel and a bit of a warning mm. to uh, Ron Marshall. So I like to think that um, my barbs that I was sending his way, so he was watching, he was doing a bit of a watch along Another with Matthew listener. Nix. Yeah. Yep. Another avid listener, watcher on, on, uh, uh, on YouTube. He was there alongside Matty Nix. Matty Nix, meanwhile, was just <laughs> just writing down notes feverishly. Okay, your keys on Dacos. Meanwhile, Ron Marshall was hiding underneath the other uh, desk and just uh, just watching at different points. So, um, regardless, he uh, he came out and scored well. So, uh, two thumbs up for you, Roro. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and moving on to the bad, and it is Hopper who disappointed with a score of seventy-one. But what made it even more frustrating was his teammate in Taranto was able to score 140. So there was absolutely no excuse for him. Mm-hmm. However, his usual low time on ground was a contributing factor and rather alarming given he had the second equal lowest time on ground discounting the subs. And I'm going to also give Hopper another bad because I needed him to score like 18 points less so I could beat you this round. <laughs> and of course... Just had to get those extra 18 points. Ah, well, anyway. maybe off the back of that, I should keep him because he's in my yeah. fire line at the moment, uh, as, you'll, as you'll hear me uh, go into detail with. But um, yeah, okay, that might, might be a, a bit of a parting gift potentially uh, in my team, Hopper. Uh, so good and bad. I mean, yeah, it's good, bad and ugly, but uh, a bit of both there, a bit of good and bad, uh, but more bad, I think, more than good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let's round it out with the ugly, of course, and we might refer to him as Will Set and Forget a Field, but judging from the 51 he scored on the weekend, he was anything but coming off the back of a 71 the week prior. It seems as though he has caused a complete wipeout for those riding his cash wave. Yeah, just riding high, like, yeah, boy, shuckers all round, woo, and then, shh, see you later. Not in field. <laughs> Alrighty, let's get into how our teams fared on the weekend, and I must say, I am absolutely stoked, bro, get the shuckers <laughs> up again, because I scored 2,414, which uh, was my high score mm. of the season to date. In terms of ranking, this is the most positive, I think. And you know what, Liam? I'm going to crack open a hard-earned thirst for this. A solo? That's not a solo, and it's not a VB. It would definitely not be a VP because I'd be spewing 
It is a Mountain Dew, not uh, a bit bit different from the uh, the the Pepsi Max yeah, the that we Mountain usually roll Dew. with. But it uh, it's been it's sitting in the fridge for a, for a fair while. <laughs> it's like the inanimate <laughs> carbon rod, <laughs> just in liquid form. It's not good, Ugh. not good. It's like it's like what? it's like a, a kilo's worth of sugar in there. It's not good, kids. If you're listening or watching this, don't drink it. Um, but anyway, onto my ranking and the reason why I am cracking this open. Uh, to celebrate because I actually went up 7,835 spots to now sit. Finally, I've cracked the top 10K mm. and I'm on the cusp of the top 5K with a ranking of 6,480. So uh, making some good headway, which is good. Uh, in terms of trades, I had initially settled on using only two, but uh, which was the upgrade of Cogs coming in for um, McElhaney and Seamus, our boy Seamus Mitchell coming in for Philippu. That is until LDU or UDL was ruled out with another foot issue, this time in the form of a heel complaint. And that complaint had me complaining that his foot issues were still hampering him and worried about this becoming a regular issue across the course of the season. So I bit the bullet and decided to use it as a chance to, I guess, uh, usher in the one, the only, Samuel Walsh. Yep, the Messiah. He's into my team. I couldn't resist. Could not resist. He was going to make his way into my team at some stage, but when I saw there was a chance there, an opening for me to just grab him, and I've done it before, let me tell you, um, it meant I had to trade McKenna. <laughs> However, instead, <laughs> I was waiting for your reaction. Then you're like, huh? Oh, wait a second. <laughs> it's like the gears are churning. Yeah. There's me in the tree again from last year. A while. <laughs> that meme of me in the tree was it last year or the year before I think it was last year I did it uh, and then you were in the tree looking at um, uh, Parish, of course oh, yes. but uh, anyway that uh, that trade in of, of uh, good old Sammy Walsh meant I had to instead trade McKenna instead of Philippou to fund that trade which was the only downside as the poo went on to score like poo yet again mm. and McKenna punched out a serviceable 70 but I ended up getting Walshy and uh, that was all washed away because when I laid eyes upon Walshy in my side and watching him score a handy 117 on debut, literally chef's kiss. Alongside him, Bond performed valiantly opting to uh, to lock in his 122 as a VC score as well, which so that was nice to see. But what's better is this coming week, we will see the inclusion of another Messiah, a different, a different type of Messiah here. And I mentioned it, in the Team Talk episode, of course, and last week, but there was a smell of bacon in the air last week and it became stronger and stronger after the game on the weekend. And I could, it was so strong to almost taste it. And now I have that very taste of bacon and it is in the form of the pink sweaty pig himself, Clary Oliver. He, he, he is just a dream boat, like an absolute <laughs> dream boat. Him and Walshy together side by side. Uh, what's that? What's that song? Ebony and Ivory oh, living together yeah. in perfect harmony. That is, that is Clary and Walshy. So amazing. Um, but yes. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent here, and I'm getting into some sort of fantasy uh, in my mind. Oh, so to catch a rundown right. of my team <laughs> strategy and Let's future trading plans, track. you can catch that in my uh, team talk video exclusively on our Supercoach Edge YouTube channel. So Liam. Let's uh, put this train back on its tracks before it uh, gets derailed. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, on to my score for the week. Uh, two, three, a nine, six. So my best score for the season, which was nice. Um, also saw me land nice. that top 1% finish for the round, which was also very nice. But probably most happily, 
that the right word? I don't know. Most impressed. I'm just most happy about this. Yep, uh, was the score helped me power up the rankings into 22,138th overall, going up over oh, 16,000 spots on the weekend, which was incredible. Very nice. Very nice. Very happy with yeah. that. If I just do that again, like what you'll be, be you'll be up there with me. <laughs> exactly. It's what's going to happen this week. Yeah, it will. Yeah, manifesting it. In terms of trades this week, um, I wasn't quite sure who I was going to bring in. Um, but obviously when the news of LDU being <laughs> an out um, meant I knew I needed to get him out because he's tried my patient just one too many times this season uh, since I've got him in. I got him in. He was the latest of outs. Oh, and then just never really got firing since then. So um, kind of saw it as a bit of a... What's the right word? Like a, not a wait. Yeah, an opportunity. A bit of an opportunity. I think it was like a a, a call to get him out. Supercoach gods, maybe they whispering. Yeah, Supercoach yeah, whispering like... in my ears, just saying, yeah, maybe, maybe this is the time to to move him on. So yeah. I did, I did, hmm. and I traded him to uh, Cogs, essentially, who's sitting in my midfield. Um, but obviously, I'll I'll shift him forward um, eventually. I then traded Michaelani to Seamus Mitchell and uh, Will Phillips as well made his way out of my side, obviously not playing on the weekend. And it gave me the opportunity to bring in another primo, which was nice. So I did bring in, um, I, this was the thing I, Oh yeah. I brought in Zach, Zach Merritt, basically. Ah, you're one of your boys, which was nice. Um, Not a great score on the weekend. Um, I did have a few options that I was tossing up. Um, so Aldi Cogs was sort of one of the ones that I was considering. Day was one I was considering very early um, instead of Cogs. Decided I could bring in Cogs. And then I could have gone, opted for a Parish, a Walsh or someone, you know, sort of um, higher up. Uh, but it would have meant that I could only get one Primo in. Sort of had to do an upgrade and a two upgrade. Sorry, two downgrades and an upgrade. This way I got to basically bring in two Primos, um, yeah. which was nicer. So I did opt for a bit more of a value option. Um, I think Merritt will come good. I'm not too concerned. Did obviously disappoint with just the 91, but uh, his CBAs were down, um, but I'm not too concerned by that. I think they were just experimenting with some different midfield mixes, which, um, yeah, saw him miss uh, play a little bit more out of the CBAs, but I, yeah, I'm not, not too concerned by that, to be honest. Um, on to our head to head, Damon, you did get the chocolates this week again. Mm. So it is one win for me to six wins to you, um, and a differential of 258 points. Yeah. But it was a much closer affair this week. Yes. Um, and just managed to hold on to win by that 18 points, as you mentioned, Dilio, um, courtesy of, well, I can't, I can't attribute it to Hopper because it could be anyone in my team, really. It could be. Uh, I don't know who haven't you got. Could be Day potentially. Could have been Day. Could have been Day. Um, could have been Jay Z. Uh, could have been. been... Mm. I actually had a look because mm. um, I got close and it did come down to. I mean, Hopper was the last difference point of difference between our teams, so I think that's why I'm, I'm attributing it to Hopper. Um, <laughs> but um, I had a look because we actually played each other in um, one of the many leagues that we're in together. Ah yes, yeah. Um, so just having another quick. Quick squeeze. And I think we had five diff points of difference. Oh. And I was pretty, pretty, I'm pretty happy with that. I was just 18 points down considering I fielded McKenna and Johnson. Um, oh, yes. So I had two rookies and really the points of difference for us 
were two rookies. I had three primos, and then you had two. I'll call oh, Day's not really a mid pricer anymore. I wouldn't say, but you had Sinclair, Day, Zebel, Walsh, and Hopper, and I had McKenna, Johnson, Sicily, Oliver, and Merritt. So, Genius. came you close. Did pretty well. Did pretty well yeah. considering. Merritt yeah. let me down really. Actually, I'm gonna blame it solely on him now. Blame it on the boogie. <laughs> and when things get freaky, funky, and nasty, blame it on the boogie. <laughs> uh, but yes, now with the uh, the likes of Oliver oinking his way into Ooh. a lot of sides this week, and everyone keen on a dollop of ricotta, otherwise <laughs> known as panna cotta or cottoletta, or formerly, I guess, known as uh, Ching Cotter. He'll, he'll, he'll be given all those nicknames because you can't just settle on one. Um, but it's time now <laughs> to talk. It's a bit of a segue about trades in The Price is Right. Show me the money. For those tuning in for the first time, The Price is Right is the segment where we discuss potential trades and trade tar- targets from week to week or whether a specific player under question should even be traded at all. So mm. let's kick it off, Liam. I'll pass the baton to you. Going, going, gone. Who we've got first up? First up, we've got Brady Grundy. Uh, rack eligible, 575.4K, averaging 104, with a break-even of 158. And he obviously is back to sharing the ruck duties, and it's just not helping his scoring at all. In games where Gorn and Grundy have played together for you know more than just the first five seconds um <laughs> his scores read and even then when he did when gorn played when gorn went down with injury he still didn't score that well but no. beside the point his scores <laughs> uh do read 69 81 and 89 that's for grundy obviously so um i just don't think the scoring is going to be there for him unfortunately i just don't think the role that the two of them sharing ruck duties is just not good for grundy's scoring um if he did want to trade him down. If you did obviously trade him in when Gordon went down, he's made you over 65K. I'd take that and run at this stage. Uh, his 158 break-even, probably going to drop another, you'd expect at least, I don't know, 20K. Um, I'd move him on now if you can. Um, you can even downgrade him to, to Gorn potentially, if, if that's what you'd like. And he's going to net you over 70K as well. So you get 70K in cash straight up. I like it. Yep, makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Like for those we were chatting about it briefly mm. um, pre-record and guys that you could go for. Um, but yeah, Gorn's a, an obvious one. Um, just given that, like it's it's that they're mm. kind of like ships of the night in terms of like Grundy just going so well without Gorn and then, um, yeah, obviously upon return, a whole different ball game. Um, but yeah, keep that in mind. Uh, next up, we have Fergus Green as a forward. Uh, he's priced at 284.8K, averaging a 55.3 with a break-even of 57. So, of course, that break-even has teetered above his average, mm. which is always a danger sign. Um, so, yes, uh, he's set to start dropping some cash, you'd think. And he's all but peaked in price. Has reached the 160K mark in cash generation. So, he's done what we needed him to. Um, so... I think if you need to cash someone in, he is a prime candidate. Not much more to really say here. I think in my 
situation personally. I've looked forward uh, in terms of the buy structures, as we've mm. uh, been saying over the past couple of weeks. Keep this in mind when you're trading players out and when you're trading players in. Always look to see how they're going to fit in your upcoming buy structure. For me, green plays in the all-important, for me anyway, round 15 buy. So I'm thinking I might hold him for that Ooh, because I have other guys to trade out instead. Uh, the likes of Wilmot, uh, he's one. Um Philippou, another one. So, yeah, I think I'm, I've just got buys in mind and I still need a couple of uh, extra players, <laughs> mind you, so I can't afford to trade him out as yet. Um, but, yeah, if you do need to just trade someone in and make a bit of cash, he makes most sense, I think. Very sound there, David, thinking forward to the buys. That is not factoring <laughs> into my head right now. <laughs> I haven't had a previous year, so I don't know what's happening. I'm a change man. Yeah, I like it. I do like it. <laughs> yeah, I might have to look at my side. <laughs> you've already traded him out <laughs> you might have to trade him back in <laughs> oh, <laughs> reverse those trades yeah we'll uh we'll consider that after the episode um, yep. uh, next up on the list is another rookie and it is Mateus Philippou someone that you've he's, he's been saved so many times from your side saved by the bell saved <laughs> like he's, he's saved ex- execution like if he was on death row he Dodging, would have been marched yeah. down the green mile as they call it about four and times. About four times. And then as he's about to be strapped into the electric chair, they're like, oh, not sorry. We've got someone else that's uh, going to sit in his place. And yeah, he's um, he's been saved at the death, literally. Um, figuratively. Very morbid. Very morbid. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say literally because <laughs> it's a literal thing. It's figuratively and it's an analogy. But yes. <laughs> Apologies, Mateus. You're not going to get killed. No, no, no. Just from my team, you will. You're going to yes. be culled. Finally, cut. Yeah, You're exactly. Two fifty one point two k, averaging fifty three point three, uh, with a break even of eighty four. And like Green, this cash cow looks to be all mood out. His break even is above his highest score, and his three round average of forty two isn't going to help. He's already dropped ten k in cash. Um, I don't think he's going to improve his scoring too much. He looks pretty tired. To be honest, looks like he's yeah, in need of a bit of a rest. Uh, so I would be looking to move him on at this stage. Yeah, it was like just half-assing. It'd be me like taking the footy field like in the first minute and I'd be half-assing things because I'd just be like, <sighs> just out of breath. That's literally what he's been like. So poor bloke, he's in need of a rest. And off the back of a loss, you'd think that Rossi, the bossy lion, will probably give him that. Um, next up, we have Will Setterfield. Obviously, midfielder, he's priced at 428.5K, averaging a 90.4. And a break-even of 117. So a score of 51 on the weekend was his lowest for the season with a 76 the week before. But most concerning was the change in role we saw on the weekend. Yes, he still had 68% CBAs, but he looked to be pushed to the wing and forward when he wasn't in the middle. A far cry from 90%, which we saw in round two. And if you've still got him, he's likely to drop a lot of cash this weekend with that high break-even. So get him out of your side and cash him in while you can. Mm. Yeah, I agree entirely. Um, if you've still got him, if you've still managed to hold him, um, just, I think, cut your losses now. Um, he's made, I don't even know if he's, what he started at. He's probably still still up on his starting price, which is good. Yeah. But, made um, cash. yeah, not time to move him on. He's not 80K. scoring. He's made 80K. 80K still. All right. Good, good, good. Yeah. Move him on. 96 last week, so mm. get rid of him. <laughs> he's going to bleed you, man. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And moving on to on the chopping block. Mm. On the chopping block. And oh, yes, I wish, of course. 
I wish I'd given this one to you, Damon, but uh, it is Asava Radagalia. <laughs> uh, actually, no, I don't wish we gave him to you because we'd have another no. 40 minutes just talking about him. <laughs> uh, he is ruck forward eligible, 320K, averaging 61 on the weekend with a break even of 65. And he is another who looks to have done their job. Uh, you can move him on having made 146K for Hugh. I don't know how, uh, but he could also potentially hold him on him for another week because he's break even mm. 65 averaging 61 i think his break even i think his three round average is just a but bit above the 65 got bigger <laughs> issues hold on to him keep him <laughs> no <laughs> no i can't even say that was jake face that was uh, uh that was uh that's on. that's a good good segue liam it's uh if you've got big issues the definition of radically is issue like yeah. <laughs> even himself. No, I'm a bit too harsh there. I'm, I'm going to stop right there. Cause otherwise, yes, no, I'll keep I think going he's on done, with it. He's done, his, he's done his job. He's done he's his d- job. He's done more than his job. I reckon. Yeah, the I fact that he's made you more than a dollar. 46 K. Yeah. But then no, there are actually guys that you can trade him out to. Um, Tickle mm. being one who we'll speak of in a moment. Um, so it's not as if you don't have, you're not, uh, yeah, lacking of options. Um, but even if you were, a, um, the inanimate carbon rod might be an option as well. Um, but let's move on to Jacob Hopper as a midfielder. Priced at 446.3K, averaging a 90.2 and a break-even of 90. So he sits in this list mainly because he faces West Coast, who give away a lot of points to mids. But realistically, if you can upgrade him to an Oliver or a Steel, uh, you know, we highly suggest doing that. Has only scored above his break-even this round three um, sorry, he's break-even, which he faces this round three times mm. this season, which is a 119, 115, and a 94. So the biggest concern for him is he's scoring, um, obviously, but uh, it's also his time on ground as well with just 72%, which is the fourth lowest for the Tigers, including their subs. So he's uh, he's not going great guns. Um, so it's not, not something out of the ordinary, I think, in terms of that, that low time on ground. But the fact of the matter is that it's already puts a cap on how much he can like how many points he can he's score and how field. much yeah, yeah yeah exactly and how much how much cash he's going to make you so um he's done his job i think he's made i was going to have a quick look here but he's already out of my sight <laughs> i don't mess around here 30k off memory yeah 114 114 uh, yeah i think quite. he was projected for 130 uh if he was uh projection yes. this yep. week but yeah he's yeah, he's made over 100k, so uh, not not too bad. But if you have other issues, you could probably keep him. I think. Yeah. But um, yeah, if he's a stepping stone to a an Oliver or a Steel, I would. Yeah, as we said, it was would take that. The for points, sure. yeah, the points are better. Mm. Um, most certainly. And another one on this list is uh, Darcy Wilmot, mm. uh, defender, midfielder, eligible, 263.6k, averaging 58.3 with a break even of 48. And he's one that really, I think. He sits in both camps of hold and trade. Yeah. Um, basically, it just depends on what you need specifically for your team. Um, I think I can't remember if I've traded him or if I'm holding him. Um, his break even is achievable, so either way, it's kind of okay. He's only scored below that forty eight once. Um, that was his lowest score for the season. Um, so you could hold him. He should make some more cash. But if you are needing some, you know, needing the cash to to upgrade. Um, he's not a bad option to to move on. Um, yeah, there's not much to say about him. It's kind of do what's best for your side. He's not going to make, unless he scores like 100, he's not going to make a heat more cash. But based off his averages, he's kind of just going to keep 
he shouldn't he shouldn't drop in price is basically what we're saying yeah and i've just actually just had a look um because he was one that i didn't even factor in when it came to the buy but he actually plays round 15 as well so i might have to um maybe think about yeah reverse those trades i think (laughs) reverse those like shave those sideburns i might have to reverse those trades and shave those sideburns my own for being an absolute short-sighted fool um but uh let's move on to the next category and it is of course get them in so Let's kick it off with a Jackie Steele midfielder. Uh, he's priced at 537.2K, averaging a 91.5 and a break-even of 126. So looks extreme value here, having dropped to 67.2K, courtesy of an injury-affected 54 points when he played through a busted shoulder like an absolute machine. Has returned in fine form, scoring 126 on the weekend and faces a soft opponent in North who he averages 113 points against, which is actually his second highest mm-hmm. average uh, opponent that he scores against. So um, look out for that. Whilst he could potentially wait a week and save a bit more money, his previous three scores against North read as 154, 128, 109, 68, and a 140. So there's a few big scores there to indicate that he could eclipse that break even. So is it really worth waiting in order to potentially save a few mm. thousand dollars at, at best? So um, what counts for, for more is obviously points on field at the end of the day. So if you're looking for an uh, upgrade option um, in the midfield... Look no further. Yeah, definitely. I like that because looking at it, Hopper to him is what under a hundred K. So that's a very nice upgrade option. If you ask me there, um, if you weren't going for someone like Clary, mm, uh, but let's move on. Next one on the list. We've got Maxi gone. Ruck eligible 501.8 K. Not, not, not this pretty pig, but it is his teammate. Yeah. Yeah. He's averaging, just 79.5 with a break-even of 108. Now, we do need to keep in mind that uh, Gorn's average of 79.5 does include a zero from his injury-affected game. So when we take that into consideration um, and his scores read 140, 98, and 80, that is an average of 106. Uh, you could potentially wait for him to drop in price further, um, but he does face the Suns this round. He does average a 124.2 against across his career with a lower score of just 88. So if you do have the likes of a Grundy, he's an easy downgrade. He's going to net you 74.4K um, as well. And on top of that, he may even get that handy DPP status so you can switch him into the forward line. Um, I wouldn't trade him in based off that. I'd only trade him in if you had a Grundy. Um, or the like, I don't know. I can't think of any other. I mean, I don't know if you're running with R2 Galea. <laughs> I mean, definitely upgrade to Gorn. <laughs> if you but, are, what yeah. are you doing? Delete I can't team. I can't think of any other ways that I would trade to Gorn, basically, because yeah. I wouldn't be trading Marshall to Gorn. No. Um, and I can't think of anyone else that there's no injuries or anything, so... Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard, isn't it? For those people who don't have Grundy, I think I wouldn't force the issue. Um, no. We can probably talk about it in a bit because uh, we will touch on it later, so yeah. I won't delve into too much. But um, yeah, let's leave it at that. <laughs> we'll delve into it a bit more later. <laughs> but <laughs> Almost got ahead of myself there. Um, catch myself short. So let's jump into the next one, and it is at James Sicily, uh, defender, obviously priced at 542.5K, averaging a 103.1 and a break-even mm. of 77. So the Sicilian recovered nicely from his foot-in-mouth syndrome after jarring words against Tazzy. Uh, classic, and he had to he had to pretty much uh, revoke or whatever, like smooth over 
with his little my favorite part was the thumbs up emoji at the end <laughs> what was the comment what was the comment these these words do not reflect my opinions yeah. or something it's like how you literally <laughs> tweeted them like you literally like you literally said no he didn't tweet was he on radio wasn't he i think like he was on was radio a, yeah it was an interview yeah yeah like you literally those words came out of your mouth how could they <sighs> how could they not reflect your oh jesus Ah, oh, classic. So funny. How funny is football? How funny are fo- football players? They're so, so funny. Uh, the <laughs> So he did recover nicely uh, with a score of 128 on the weekend that featured 26 disposals and six marks. And the best part of Sicily is he is ultra reliable with his clean mm-hmm. disposal, no matter how many times he gets the ball in his hands. With disposal efficiency percentage in the mid to high 80s over the past few weeks, and that does help give his scoring a nice floor. The one knock is he's giving up easy cheapies in the form of kick-ins mm. that have been given instead to Hardwick. So it has dropped his scoring ceiling compared to previous years. However, with a low break even against an out-of-form Freo, this could be the lowest price we see him all year. Yes, yes. Um, he's in my side. He's scored well enough. Um, yeah. 128 on the weekend was nice. Um, I don't mind him. Good price. Good price game night. And uh, a, f- a defender we can trust in, I think, mm. um, as a as a reliable um, top six defender. Uh, moving on to his teammate in Will Day, defender midfield, 497.6K, averaging 100 on two, 100, sorry, 100.2, uh, with a break-even of 77. And he has gone up an incredible 130K in the past three weeks. And he's still going to get him for under 500K, which is, I don't know, nuts. Yeah. So the, the boat has virtually sailed on day in terms of value compared to his starting mm. price. But believe it or not, he can still be viewed as value given he has a three-round average of 114.3, a whole 14 points higher than the price uh, he is currently listed at. So, mm-hmm. juice. Value. Value. Yeah, there's, there's still juice to be squeezed out of this uh, mm. out of this man. We figure he's a little juice. <laughs> uh, he has slotted straight back into the Hawks engine room um, after his two-week suspension. So, there are no... Uh, now no questions about whether he is a walk-up starter in the middle. He's also averaged uh, an equal high 68% CBAs to drive that point home. So this week's opponent in Freya also give up, uh, give up the most points to opposition inside bids. Mm. So it could be in for a big game with uh, the old bit little day. The other, <laughs> I mean, the, I think the question that we had was, is he a top six defender? And mm. with the scoring we're seeing, so yes, I guess. I mean, if you, I mean, I don't think he's going to average 114 for the season, but no. if he averages 105, 110, um, which looks possible, I yep. can't see why not. Um, and at 497k, he's still good value. Oh yeah, he's great value. A lot of people, I think, will see the fact like they'll click on him, they'll see the fact that Supercoach Plus says that he's not going to really make any more cash. Disregard that because their projections are out um, and they're not based upon what he's currently scoring mm. in his current role in the engine room. And I think, yeah, if he if he averages at what is he averaging at the moment? Just say uh, hundred, uh, just uh, hundred point two, yeah, hundred point two. Sorry. Yeah, but if he if he cuts the difference between that three round average of one fourteen and you know one hundred, if it's a one oh seven, for example, mm. that would currently put him up as the fourth uh, best scoring 
uh, defender on average. Because at the moment, it's Dakes with 126, Dawson 124, Luke Ryan 121, and Sicily is 103 uh, to round out the top four there. And she's all actually coming in fifth place, 102.7. But yeah, it, it shows that he's still value there uh, in terms of his current price and what he should be priced at based upon his uh, most recent form. Um, so yeah, opponents got to look at them as well and could be in for a big day out. Like that? I like that. I like that. Looking at his scores as well for the season, 60 in round one, which really drags down his average, a 98, a 139, a 107, and a 97. So mixed bag there in a sense. Not So, so not a mixed bag in the sense that just the 60 kind of is the outlier though, but the 98 and 97 are still decent scores um, mm-hmm. for a defender. I'd take that at his price. Well, the, the 60 as well, keep in mind, that was the one game all year where he played um... – more time down defense and then he shifted into the midfield. And then from round two onwards, he's played um, pretty much exclusively in the midfield as well. So if you disregard that 60 as well, and you sort of scrub that out, um, it even makes him look even more favorable um, playing in the current role that he is. Yeah. Very nice. Well, um, let's move on to Jackie Sinclair, obviously defender priced at 540.9 K averaging a 101.1 and a break-even of 95. So Sinks has featured in this category over the past few weeks. And if you opted to hold out, you'd have only saved 5.5K, but missed out on scores of 105 and 109. Has dropped Mm. 85.3K, so he's still super value. Uh, And his break-even now teeters under his average. But the fact he now faces North, who give up the third most points to opposition defenders, means the time to nab him is probably now. Yes, yes it is. I don't know how I don't know how he's dropped five point five K in the last two weeks, scoring 105 and 109. <laughs> um but anyway, I've got yeah. a question for you here, David. Mm-hmm. Question without notice. If yes, I, like I have to trade in one <clears throat> of the last two players, Will Day or Jack Sinclair, who do I pick? Uh yes, this is this is similar to uh, a question that was sent in by our combined father in law as well. I think he might have uh, been weighing up a couple of these Ooh. players in the Discord. Uh, I would say it's it's hard because Jackie Sinclair's got a history of obviously being a top line primo, uh, whereas Will Day has again, even though we've we've spruced him up and said he's complete value, um, he still has a few question marks over him. Uh, there's durability issues and stuff we know historically, so. It comes down to first and foremost, obviously, how much cash you've got in the bank. Uh, there's a almost a what's forty three roughly forty three k difference. Um, if you have the cash, I would opt for Sinclair first. Um, but I think end of the day, uh, you'd probably go for both in the end. But yeah, I'd go for Jackie Sinclair before Will Day, um, just because of that history. Like I just like having a bit of security there, keeps him warm at night, knowing that he was a primo and he's still scoring well enough. Whereas Will Day could eclipse him maybe, but yeah, it's hard. Get them both in your, like long answer, get them both in your team. Um, short answer, go for, go for sinks. Um, but I like both, especially yeah. like Day because he's got that DPP as well. Yeah. Would you consider, so are there any other thing that I'm thinking for listeners is cash gens looking tough at the minute? Uh-huh. Day is, as you said, what th- uh, just under forty, just over forty k cheaper. Is it worth the savings? Uh, okay, well, let's have a look just quickly. If he <laughs> scores, um, 
on average at the moment. So he's averaging 100. Let's be conservative. Uh, he's going to go up roughly around about 10K, yeah. I'd guess. Uh, but if he scores, yeah, that 114, 115, it'll probably go up to 15K maybe roughly. So uh, there's that. And I mean, sinks could go up as well. Um, so it's much of a much. So I'd probably, I'd, I'd try and get them both back-to-back weeks just to sort of limit the amount of damage, I guess, or loss of, of money, if you can do that uh, with a, a, a two-down, one-up type thing. Um, but yeah, if you're cash-strapped, um, maybe will they? I don't know. It's literally a coin flip. I think end yeah, of the day, you need to get agree, both yeah. in, but... Yeah, it's a it's a tough one to answer. <laughs> no, good, fair fair call. I uh, threw that one because it, it, it could actually you. come down as well to mm-hmm. like as well day you're having that defensive mid DPP. You could potentially, if you need someone in your midfield desperately as opposed to defence, that'll provide you with a bit of flexibility um, in the short term as well. If you need to cover, I don't know who, but um, say if you were relying on Matthew Johnson from. Frio as yeah. like an M8 or something, for example, and he's suspended for two weeks and you don't have anyone else to cover. Um, and if he gets you off, gets gets him off field, then maybe. Um, so structurally as well comes down to that. But yeah, I don't know. Go for yeah, Dos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. I think both is good. I think Day presents as a little bit better value. Mm. Um, and the DPP status is handy. But yep. you're not going, I don't think you're going to get a, there's not a wrong answer there. Between the two. Yep. I'd value um, stakes here, hundred percent. Go for yeah. go for day. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the to, to the smell of bacon. Do you smell it, Damon? Oh, oh, it is. I, I do. I do smell it. it it's in the wafting. air. Yeah. In fact, it's in my mouth. I just ate some earlier. I just took a <laughs> took a big bite out of his uh out of his <laughs> out of his big hind. <laughs> so if you see him running running around with a limp. That's due to that. He's missing miss- a leg. He's missing. I was going to say an ass cheek, but yeah, a leg. Yeah, go a little bit further. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so we are bacon. talking about <laughs> Clary Oliver. Can you hear uh, that? Mid-priced, 652.5K, uh, sorry. Averaging 124.6 with a break-even of 140. <laughs> and the pink sweaty pig himself could be, could be one to skip. Considering his big break-even of 140. But we know what he can produce, so a score of 140 is most certainly not off the table. And I mean, maybe now that Damon's bloody broken his leg off and <laughs> eating, him, but uh... if you hear, if you hear, as you're talking, <laughs> any listeners out there, don't fear. It's nothing suspect. It's me just gnawing on Clary's leg. I was going to say ass cheek, but leg is probably more appropriate. Oh, he's uh, <laughs> anyway. His average against the Suns is also 131.6 uh, from all his outings. So there's a good chance he does go big at 652.5K. I don't think he'll get him much cheaper this season. Um, I think he is one. If you've got a hopper, try and upgrade him to Oliver if you can. Mm. Gold Coast this week, Hawks the next. Yeah, two very good opportunities for them to score. Mm, mm. Time is right. The time is perfect. Uh, the other guy to consider is uh, from my mob, Paddy Cripps, uh, midfielder, obviously priced at 590k, averaging a 115.6. Sorry, I've just got some um, 
indigestion there because I gulped down some of Clary. Uh, break even at 54. Scored at 153 and 130 in his past two games and looks to be good value still despite rising 16.2k on the weekend with his price having dropped 21.9k below his starting price overall. Currently the fifth highest scoring mid in the game. So, I mean, he's, uh, he's well and truly put his claims in again to uh, be a potential top eight finisher in the midfield come the end of the season. So consider him if you are in need. Yep, I like it. I like it. Uh, let's move on to the on to the rookies. Let's look at the guys who are on the bubble this week. And uh, first up, we've got Alex Chincotta, Ricotta, Panacotta, uh, whatever we like, <laughs> whatever you like to call him. Uh, defender midfield eligible 102.4k juicy average 77.5 even juicier and a break even of a minus 97 which is juicy very juicy all of it juicy uh the ricotta panacotta cotta should be high on the trade in list for all of us this week with solid scoring of 67 and 88 giving him a super low break even with a projected score of uh, sorry projected rise price rise of 62.9k First up, if he can score a minimum of 42, according to Supercoach Plus. Uh, he has super sound drop security, given he kept his spot with the likes of Saad, Doherty, and Kemp making their way into Carlton's defence. Obviously, only, um, what's his name, Cowan missed, obviously, mm. being rested. Um, but I think, I can't see why you would not keep Chin Connor in. Um, mm. He's played really well. I would be getting him in if you can. He gives you max the max amount of dollars you can get as well mm. with that 102.4k with new downgrade so it's all it's all looking good yep looking good for good old chincotta ricotta panacotta <laughs> cotta um but yeah outside of super coach stakes just in terms of what he adds to carlton's lineup uh i was really impressed on the weekend especially like he was breaking lines he was taking guys on um and with great effect as well. So, yeah, I think he, he belongs in the best 22 at the moment. Uh, and, yeah, as you said there, just his ability to keep his spot off the back of Saad Doherty. And then Kemp as well coming into the side, mm. I thought, overloaded here with defenders. But, um, yeah, played well. Um, so he should keep his spot in the short term and potentially long term. So let's move on to Sam Simpson. Mm. He's a mid forward. Uh, he's priced at 166.1K, averaging a 69 and a break even of negative 43. So Simpson, he is no stranger to uh, being a cash cow, given he was a handy one back in 2020 when he made us a handy 172K, if anyone can remember that, across six mm. games after starting as a 123.9K rookie. And believe it or not, he's actually been on Geelong's list since 2017 and is now a bit more of a mature age player, uh, 24 years of age, and can carve out a spot after injuries have limited his run in recent seasons and opportunities have passed him by. There is still, I guess, no certainty because it is, I guess, Geelong and um, Scott at the helm. Um, no certainty over his uh, long-term job security, but... With Stengel out of the side for the next three to five weeks of projected and Bowes now sidelined with a calf injury, in the short term, he should at least have a spot and hopefully he can keep it across the buys mm. to give us all much-needed cover. So I'm a bit um, like Montgomery Burns here. Excellent. Simpson, eh? Simpson, eh? Simpson, eh? He says to Smithers, what's his name? Uh, Homer Simpson, sir. Simpson, eh? <laughs> that was uncanny. That was uncanny. Um... I, yeah, I mean, seeing him on the weekend, it's two goals. I think he had 10 disposals off memory. I think the week before, two goals again. Again, mm. it's 
off memory and I think yeah. 14 disposals. Um, he looks, I think he should hold his spot long-term. It's always going to be questionable. Um, and Chris Scott isn't super useful um, with that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, mid forward eligible as well. I like it. I like it a lot. And another uh, way of saying that is when you said Chris Scott isn't useful is Chris Scott is useless. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you worded it nicely there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very good. I like that. I picked up on that. Being like positive. It. Being positive. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> moving on, Ryan Angwin. We've got to see, David, we've got to keep the coaches on side because, you know, we need Matty oh, to listen to us. Now we need some others. Uh, yeah, anyway. That's true. Ryan Angren, mid-forward eligible, 123.9K, averaging 52 with a break-even of minus 33. He is the former first-round draftee and has largely played along the wing in his first two games, but his increased opportunity with 79% and 81% time on ground hasn't translated into uh, any higher scoring with just a 62 and a 42 in his first two games. He's probably on the fringe as well, so he's not got great job security at this stage and wasn't a renowned high scorer in junior level, so it's a bit of a gamble. Um, especially when you've got someone, I mean, you could argue that Sam Simpson isn't particularly strong in job security either, but at least, mm. I don't know, better, better average, um, which is useful. Yep. Yeah. Cash is the yeah. name of the game, but also, yeah, job security with all these guys. It's so hard. It's it's pretty obvious as well. Any, any guys that are making their debut at this point in the season, obviously weren't good enough to play in the opening rounds for a reason with mm. a, with a, you know, a completely healthy list to select from. So um, like this guy here coming up that we're about to speak of, and it is Ollie Lord as a forward from Port, price at 123.9K, averaging a 44 with a break-even of negative 17. And he's only scored 53 and 35 in his first two games playing as a tall forward for Port. And like that point I just made, he's come in with Dixon on the sidelines. So it's safe to assume he will be one of the first in line to make way as soon as he is fit, which could be as soon as this week with Marshall also in line to return from concussion. So he is safe to say one to avoid. Yes, agreed. Uh, next guy on the list is Mitch Nevitt, uh, mid-eligible, 140.7K, averaging 30 with a break-even of 20. And he came in on the weekend as a late replacement, typical Chris Scott, uh, for <laughs> Tui, who was dealing with a back issue. Uh, he only scored 14 as the sub in his first game and a 46 on the weekend uh, in a full game. Uh, the fact he only played his second game off the back of a late call-up says enough about his job security to suggest that he is most certainly one to avoid, especially at that 140K price point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Nothing else to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've already you've already given Chris Scott another clip. I like this. Very good. <laughs> You're going to be blacklisted. He's going to be listening. Don't worry. Uh, moving on quickly to Aaron Francis, priced at 189.4K, averaging a 39 with a break-even of 30. And the former Don has kept his spot since coming in off the back of the McCartan brothers going down through injury. Uh, and Buddy, I think as well, because he played a bit of time up forward, but his scoring leaves much to be desired with just 38 and 40 as both a swingman uh, between forward and defense. He's actually kicked seven goals in his first three games as a forward in the VFL, but at that higher price point, high break even and uncertainty with his role adds up to him being a risk not worth taking. Mm. Yes. I, having been obviously an Essendon supporter, and him being there uh, at, at the Dons, I don't think it's worth the risk. Um, he's going to be a swingman. Swingman, he's going to play a bit forwards, probably going to play a bit back. 
Um, if he plays back, I think it's it's more positive for him, but I don't think it's going to translate to good super, super coach scoring, okay. um, as we saw at the weekend with body score of 40. Um, mm. Yeah, so not one to consider for me. Um, yeah, but let's move on. Probably one that, I don't know, I like this pick. I'm, I'm actually, it's warmed, warmed on mm. me a little bit. And it is Bryn Tickle. Ruck eligible, 198.5K, averaging 72.5 with a break even of minus 30. Minus 32, sorry. Uh, the Port Ruckman comes in at a higher price point uh, than those other rookies. But he does look to have a good role. Obviously, as the number one Ruck for the power at present. Obviously, risky with the likes of Lysette playing in the Sandfall. I do think he got a red that Lysette got a corky. So oh, yeah. um, could... Give a little bit of reprieve for another week. Uh, so Teagle <laughs> could be just one bad game away from being dropped or potentially also used as a second ruck. Um, I hope that the fact that he's young and just needs to string some games together might lend itself to the fact that they persist with him a little bit. Um, but you never know. Um, he's definitely not an option for your R2. Please do not trade Grundy to him. Please. I beg. Uh <laughs> But he could work as an R3 if you have, you know, Samson Ryan or what Madden. Madden mm. also just is back in full training, just Ooh. in case everyone no. wants no. to know. <laughs> no, we don't want him playing. Oh, just in case. <laughs> He's been the captain so many times in my yeah. team. <laughs> Stay that just way. Just so you know. Uh, you, yeah, you could trade out the likes of, you know, Green or Philippou, swing them to the forward line, you know, Ryan or Madden, and get Teagle into your R3. Um, handy cover and should have some decent scoring. Um, assuming that he he continues to play, I like it. Yeah, that's that's actually a really good uh, idea in terms of trading out someone like a Green or a Philippi or like another player that you can swing. Um, you know, because I completely forgot that Madden's a, a forward ruck as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, might be a way to to get him in if you so desire. Um, let's move on quickly. Just round it out with the uh, weight category, uh, just in terms of rookies on the horizon, obviously yep. uh, wait until they, uh, they play their second game, uh, which will be this weekend, potentially if they keep their spot and it is Josh Weddle, Max Ramsden, both from the Hawks and Angus Shelrick uh, of the Swans. So have a good look at those and we'll chat about those guys potentially next week. But Liam, mm. let's uh, round out this segment by uh, again, discussing a talking point. And the big one this week is what to do with Brody Grundy. So I'll hand it over to you uh, if you want to have a first crack at it. Yeah. Um, I think, I feel like I've made my, my thoughts known earlier <laughs> in the episode. Uh, I think if you've got him, he's a trade this week. I don't think there's much point in waiting. Um, he's going to mm. drop cash. His break even is 156. I kind of, I think he's been scoring 80s with gone in the side mm. yeah 69 81 89 so he's going to yep. drop in cash quite a lot um i it's a hard one i think you trade him to gone and gone it's still an unknown i guess how gone scores with grundy in the side there's not been too much of a um the sample size is small and it kind of is very um volatile i'll say like he had the 140 early in the season i think and then sort of mid 80s in the last couple um, but so Grundy, I'd probably be trading to a Grundy. I don't mind that. Um, you can then potentially bank on the fact that Grundy, sorry, that Gorn becomes, Gorn. yeah, Gorn becomes a DP uh, forward. Um, and then you can shift him forward and then bring in another, uh, Ruckman, um, at that stage of the season, um, potentially. 
that's probably what I would be doing if I did have Grundy. Um, of course, you could go for anyone, like an English, if you don't have them, um, if you've got the cash, um, or yeah, pretty much English is probably the only one that I consider at this stage. Probably the only one that's a sure thing for a um, top two ruck finish. Yeah, he's. Uh, I pretty much agree wholeheartedly with everything you've said there. Like, it's. I think it's pretty straightforward. You've got to get rid of Grundy. Um, some people have suggested. And I've had a look into it as well. Uh, in terms of holding Grundy and hoping, and it was probably before the weekend, but like holding Grundy, and even though he's going to drop in price, so too he's gone. But Gorn will. I mean, it's dependent upon whether or not he can reclaim those big scores like he did in round one with the 140. Um, like Supercoach Plus has him projected. He scored 98 and 80 in his past two games, gone. Um, but looking at Supercoach Plus, if he scores around about 70 to 80, he could over the next couple of weeks at least drop another 30K. And then you look at Grundy and he could potentially, I mean, those projections are out as well because they haven't projected Grundy for 120 odd, which he's not going to get. Um, mm. So I guess his, his drop could be most stark this week because his break even's 158, like you said. Um, and if he scores an, a 90 odd, geez, uh, he could, he could drop another 30 K I reckon thereabouts, um, just in the weekend alone and then it'll plummet and yeah, it'll be super stark from then on. So I don't, I don't know if there's much merit in holding Grundy another week and what, what merit is there? Like you might as well trade him because you're going to have to wait until round 12. If you, if you're going to wait for Gorn for the forward DPP, mm. You might as well just act on it now and, and get him in um, and take the cash and run. Um, but yeah, he, he'd be my option, I think. Um, and then, yeah, apart from that, English is probably the the obvious one. Um, Sean Darcy, I still, even though I own him and you do as well, I've still got reservations about him uh, and Marshall as well. So I think I'd be aiming, even though you're, you're going to be paying, oh, well, not really for English anyway, not top dollar because he has dropped a little bit. Uh, 13.7k not much solace really there um, but he has dropped um, so yeah he's a little bit cheaper he's actually what's uh, 90k above his uh, starting price so yeah mm. but anyway that's pretty much where I stand which is in line with you so Liam I think it's time it is time now for the next segment and normally I'm one to be like oh mm. I'll hand it over to you I'll throw this over my shoulder and it is of course the captain's hat let me just balance it precariously there and say, doot, doot, I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. I love the, uh, I love that it was like you were a captain of a, of a, of a steam train. Yeah, it was like Steamboat Willie. I was, I was yeah. going for, you know, the old, like oh, the, yeah, the okay, very yeah, first uh, Mickey yeah. like Mickey that. cartoon. And they called him Willie for some reason and didn't stick with the name. But also <laughs> then you moment. were very aggressive. Juxtapose the cute little do-do with the I'm the captain. Well, it was like... I'm taking over the the ship of the steamboat. Imagine if like a pirate goes onto the, the steamboat. <laughs> Let me press the horn. Doot, doot. <laughs> this is not menacing enough. That's me at the moment. Oh. Uh, very good. Well, let's get into it, shall we? So in I'm the Captain Now, we chat about what VC and C options you've got for the upcoming round of Supercoach. As always, we've scrounged through the data and found the best options for you to consider. And for those tuning in for the first time, this is, of course, me uh, picking the highest scoring captain, which we will delve into at the uh, end of running through all these options. So, Liam, do you want to kick mm -hmm. us off with the first vice captain option? 
Yeah, let's kick off on Friday night. It is Lucky Neal uh, up against your mob in Carlton on Friday at 7.50 at Marvel Stadium. He has an average of 120.5 in his last four games against the Blues with scores of 138, 96, 142 and 106. So based off that, he is in for a downer this week. And if we go back a few more games, he has scores of 159, 134, 134, and 104. But these games uh, do date back to his time at Fremantle. So, yeah, nice option um, if you've got Lockie Neal, um, one to consider. And uh, are you ready or do you want to jump into the next one, David? Don't, don't, uh, don't mind me. I'm just trying to put my captain's hat, uh, see if it fits me because I haven't worn it. I think I've worn it what, once all year, if that. Or is this Ooh, the first time yeah. I've worn it? No, you've worn Maybe. it once. <laughs> I'm going to adjust it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> next up we have Timmy Taranto facing West Coast on Saturday at 1.45pm at ZG. Has an average of 84 in his last four games against the Eagles with scores of 102, 61, 78 and 95. But he's coming off a great run of form, has turned up in all but one match this season and his last two scores are 144 and 140. And West Coast... They give away the third most points to inside midfielders. So could be a nice sneaky VC option. And I saw a couple on Twitter uh, discussing and one of the uh, one of the Twitter groups I'm in um, through Honeyball, I think it was. And there was a couple of guys having a pact like, I'll go for Taranto if you do. And they're like, yep, done. And they were celebrating uh, in style at the end of the game on the weekend with that 140. So he is someone to think about. Yep, I like it as a bit of a different risky option. Uh, like a, a nice pot option, I think, for a VC. Uh, moving on, we've got Tom Stewart up against Adelaide at, on Saturday at 2.10pm at GMHBA Stadium. We all know how much he loves GMHBA Stadium. And he has an average of 128 in his last four against the Crows with scores of 174, 113, 117 and 108. And I'm pretty sure that 174 was at GMHBA, sorry, uh, last round. Yeah, uh, last, mm. last year. Yep, exactly. Jeez, you've uh, you've enjoyed some uh, some Clary yeah. uh, Pink Sweaty Pig, but looks yep, over there when I wasn't looking. When I when I was putting my captaincy hat on, you're like <laughs> just gnawing on his other leg or ass cheek or whatever yeah, the other it is. Leg, yep. Yeah, other leg. <laughs> uh, I thought I could smell some bacon wafting from your place. Uh, so next up we have Rory Laird, Rory Squared um, v the Cats on Saturday. Obviously the same game as Tommy Stewart has an average of 106 in his four games against the Cats with mm. scores of 118, 102, 120, and 84. But Geelong give away the least points to inside midfielders, so might be one to miss. Perhaps it's going to be a tough Ooh. game off the back of their tough contest against Zipaz. Interesting. Yeah. Next up, we've got Jordan Dawson uh, against up obviously against Geelong as well. He only averages a 97 against the Cats with scores of 104, 85, 103, and 96. And he come, but he does come into the game with three of his last four scores being 150 plus. So, mm. bit of a bit of an each way bet there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit. I was like, oh yeah. I like that meme of the woman, like, mm? like, yeah. Then, mm. <laughs> Jeez, I went through a roller coaster of emotions there. Just listening to you go through that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. And these scores actually have been a roller coaster because one hundred four, high, low eighty five, high one hundred three, low ninety six. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't trust him. Um, 
I feel sick. Need to get off that roller coaster. Uh, next up, we have Clary Oliver facing Gold Coast on Saturday at 4:35 p.m. at Heritage Bank Stadium. Has an average of 142 in his four games against the Suns, with scores of 121, 166, 106, and a 175. Geez, I'm salivating just uh, reading this out. Mm-hmm. Has his second best average against the Suns of any team that he faces. Absolute juice. Just, Absolute juice. Oh. Just pig juice. <laughs> Isn't his new nickname? Pig juice. <laughs> I didn't think we could get worse than the pink sweaty pig, but pig juice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pig juice. You line it up in the midfield this week? Of course he is. Of course and he you is. Know, you need a cold glass of pig juice, but it looks like wash down that bacon you've been gnawing on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Moving on, moving on. Just pick your your VC. Uh, captaincy <laughs> exactly. options. Uh, Stephen Coniglio uh, against Western Bulldogs on Saturday at 7.25 p.m. at Manuka Stadium. And he has an average of 111.25 in his last four against the Doggies. With scores of 113, 116, 87, and 129. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. It'd be, uh, it's nice to have him now, I must say. Yeah. To be honest. It's good, isn't it? It's very good. Uh, almost as good as having this man, Marcus Bontempelli. Uh, he faces the Giants, obviously, in that same game. And he has an average of 111 in his last four games against the Giants with scores of 120, 100, 127, and a 97. So I'm considering him. Hmm. Mm. Next up, we've got Sean Darcy up against Hawthorne on Saturday at 7.30 p.m. at Optus Stadium. He's an average of 135.5 in his last uh, four games against the Hawks with scores of 91, 129, 183, and 139. But Hawthorne give away the least points to opposition midfielders. Uh, Ruckman, sorry, not midfielders, Ruckman. Uh, so he could be in for a bit of a stinker. We do. We did see that uh, Tim English had his ton run ended by Hawthorne on the weekend. So... Mm, not good. Not good. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know how. They got Ned Reeves and Ramsden was like the backup ruck. Mm. Is is Reeves like the new Draper, like the nullifier? Like, yeah, just nullifying. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, again, another another roller coaster that I was going through there. I was like that kid from um uh was it the Got Talent show? Was no, it yeah. uh <laughs> the kids <laughs> in the crowds? <laughs> <laughs> It's just my mouth was a gape. Couldn't get it any wider if you tried, unless you were offering up some pig juice. I'd gladly mm, say it. Mm, pig juice. Juicy. Uh, speaking of pig juice, someone that would feast on it for good reason because he is a seagull, and it is Nick Dacos. He faces Sydney on Sunday at 3.20 p.m. at ZG. Has played them in the season proper. Uh, just once for a score of 62. Comes into the game with six of seven scores above 109 with five of his seven scores captaincy worthy. And Sydney give away the least points, however, to opposition designated kick and takers. So this could be an area of scoring that dries up on the weekend and impacts him. But also, Ryan Clark, could he be one potentially? I don't even know if he's in the team at the moment, but potential tag, maybe. Other coaches. Other coaches are like, oh my God, Ooh. keys. Oh my God, we tuned in for Supercoach Edge. We saw what the guys recommended. Let's do it. Yeah. Yes, just nullifying. Dragon Longmire listens to us. Mm. I don't reckon he listens to podcasts. Nah, he's 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 better than that. 
better than that. <laughs> He's better than that. Better than listening to us. Yeah, I just I just gave us like a slap across the face. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> it's better than that. For anyone tuning in at the moment, don't tune out. <laughs> Are they still there? Hello. Hello. <laughs> is anyone, oh, is anyone know? After that. Bloody hell. Hello. Mrs. Pummelhorst. I'd like to get down now. <laughs> 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 That's me just hanging, hanging on the oh. rings, as I've just, just put out. But I've just, you know what I've done? Audience. I'm gonna walk out. <laughs> I'm gonna leave after that. You know what I've done? I've literally done a James Sicily, and I'm gonna yeah. say I'm gonna defend myself by saying those words do not reflect my opinions. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All done. Perfect. Oh. Anyway, on with the show. <laughs> moving on. Moving on very quickly. Uh, last option we got for you is Jack Sinclair in the last game of the round up against North Melbourne on Sunday at 4.40pm at Marvel Stadium. And he is an average of 81.5 in his last four games against the Roos with scores of 140, 75, 57 and mm. 54. But remember that that 140 is probably the only one that we need to really consider because that's when he did break out as a primo defender. Um, the other scores were sort of before that. And I think, as you said, North give away the most points of memory to opposition defenders. So, mm. yeah, it's all coming up, Jack Sinclair. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like it. Well, now, Liam, let's jump into our little captaincy head-to-head. Mm. So, of course, I'm, I've am i reclaimed, finally, finally the breakthrough yes. has happened. And it was, it was bound to happen. It's bound to happen. But even better is it clawed back the 107-point deficit to uh, 63 yeah, in one week nice. to make it look a little bit more respectable on my end because, geez, it was looking pretty yeah, it's pretty shit. Um, mind you, this was the first game English scored below 130 all year for you, who was your selection, of course. And what a time to do it. So thank thank you, the big brekkie, the big English brekkie did uh, did well. Yes, very nice. You did get over the top of me. I had to, had to do, let do, it. Do. Let it even up a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice of you. Nice of you. Thank you. Now, on to my pick for this week. And mm. I obviously can't pick English. Um, so who will I pick? Who will I? And I can't I pick. pick. I can't no, you pick can't the, pink, uh... pink the pink sweaty pig. But I really want, <laughs> I really want to get some pig juice into me. <laughs> you know what mountain juice is actually made out of? Yeah. You know why it's fluorescent? <laughs> That's what I'm drinking right now. That's why I've been drinking throughout the entire show. Key guesses. Um, <laughs> I am going to pick the pink sweaty pick himself, Clary Oliver, for my captain this week. Mm. Can't let me down. Yep. No, nah, he won't. He won't. He uh, he didn't let me down. He's a, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. Mm. Uh, now, I have no idea. who. Like, this is literally... I, I don't have anyone in mind apart from... Clary. Uh, Bond is probably going to be my other backup option, but reading through his breakdown, Ooh. it's like, do I go for Lockie Neal? I know he normally scores well against us. Um, Tom Stewart, maybe. You know what? Let's just not overcomplicate things and just go with the Bond. I'm going to go with Bond. Very um, nice. I think mm. either either way, whoever I go for, they're going to fall short of Clary. So yeah. let's just, uh, just go fun. with that. Yep. Let's... Uh... Let's move on now to the next segment, Damon. And what is it? Mm. What, are, what are we going to... What's happening? I don't know. It's uh, some people asking, do, do you do a do? 
and they and then and then they say um <laughs> what's what's in it Egg juice <laughs> <laughs> and you say i don't know and they say i got to know <laughs> hey i got to know I don't know where I was going with that. Apologies. I was just thinking uh, on the fly. My brain went into overdrive and I blame the pig juice inside yeah. here. That's doing something to my mind. It's fluorescent and it's, uh, it's bad for you. And I've already had uh, a half of my daily intake of sugar already in this. Uh, and it's obviously 10.47 PM. So I've had more than uh, than enough you could imagine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> let's uh let's, let's get into I got to know and in I got to know we throw it open to you. <laughs> what am <laughs> to I doing? You, the good folk of the Supercoach <laughs> Edge community. Uh and we answer all of your burning questions. And uh first up we've got DSE fire emoji uh mm. on Twitter. He uh, uh at DSE underscore DSE underscore DSE. Um <laughs> someone obviously took his username. The username first preference was D at DSC underscore, and then someone else took DSC underscore DSC. So he's like, you know what? I'll go one better. Let's times three it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Love it. Love the handle. Uh, his question is, is Hopper a hold because he plays the wet paper bags this week? Or should I upgrade him to Clary this week? Cheers. Uh, well, let's just jump in. DSE, I'd definitely go for the upgrade. I think Clary could be in for a big one. And despite Hopper facing the Eagles or the wet paper bags, as you put it, <laughs> his time on ground is the biggest concern for his scoring. He has 72% on the weekend, 79% the week before, and 81% the week before that. Now, we can obviously see that his better scores correlate with more time on ground, shockingly, because if you're on the ground more, you're going to have more chance of actually scoring. Uh, but that is the key issue for me. Um, I'd take Clary if you've got the got the ability to get him and bank the extra points. Get that pig juice. Ah, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm I'm going for a Clary. I'm drinking a Clary. Mm. Do a Jew. Don't do Stewie Jew. Do the Jew. And that means that's code. <laughs> that's code for Clary. Get him in your team. Do what I'm doing, and uh, trade out. Uh, Hopper for Clary. Mm. Uh, easy done. Uh, next up, we have uh, Tyler sent in a question at Daddy Rat underscore 13. <laughs> creative, creative name. But uh, he asked, what to do with Grundy break even at 150s? Gorn dog back. I'm scared with a laughing emoji. And uh, yeah, it's fair. Fair to say. Uh, but we obviously covered that uh, earlier on in the episode. So hopefully, Tyler, that has helped you in some way uh, decide mm. what best to do with Grundy. Yes. So before we uh, wrap things up, Liam, let's uh, run through our Supercoach Edge Cup group <laughs> results after round seven. Yes, our Supercoach Edge Cup public group leader uh, has been on top the last few weeks before being dethroned last week, but he's back, back on top. And it is rehab with his team, Colin Good. Uh, and he uh, score, had a round score of 2,378, very nice. A total score of 15,772 and an overall rank of 119. Mm. Mm. And what about the top scorer, Damon? Yes, so the uh, the top scorer for the week was Jesse uh, with Cat's Nursing Home. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> with a score of 2,493. He finished Ooh. 114th overall for that round. So... Very, very nice there, Jesse. Uh, moving on to our Patreon exclusive group, and the leader is T again, um, Jonas Goat, 
with his team at Prestitutes Inc. yet again. Round score of 2,299. Total score of 15,542 and an overall rank of 1,075. Absolutely flying there. Mm. Uh, but in terms of the high scorer, wasn't wasn't T Prestitutes, not Jonas Goat this Ooh. round. It was our very own Damon with the highest score for the round with his 2,414. And he's actually sitting in third place overall in the group too. Am I? Found his way up there. Yeah, just had a look. I can't win it by default, surely. Not allowed to. Well, Maybe, can I? You're not winning it by default. You're actually winning by <laughs> by winning. No, I'm winning it by default because naturally I should be up there. <laughs> uh, winning it by winning. <clears throat> Give me a run ahead start. Yeah, okay. I like it. Come on, come on, David. <laughs> how are we how are we shaping up though for our Patreon exclusive Supercoach Edge Cash League? <clears throat> uh, Tankers took out the win over Black on White, uh, two twenty eight two two eight five versus two two oh nine. Carps Crushers two three seventy eight was defeated by Damon with mm. his team DJ Trade a lot two four one four. The Sharpshooters two four oh one defeated a ton. Uh, 314 off the top of my head. Sorry, I didn't write down. Yeah, I don't know what the 618, 618. Sorry, I don't know where I got 318, 314 from. Um, but uh, they scored 2240. And Damon, I'm <gasps> off. Oh, it you happened. are. It happened. He's done it. Monkey is off the back. I He's got, done it. I finally got a win. Finally. <laughs> um, I apologize, Popper Ball FC. Uh, 2396 for myself. Uh, defeated Popper Ball FC 2371. How was your sphincter? Was it as 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 tight like a, a tiger? I was like, a bit it was a twenty five points difference there. Yeah, I was a bit worried because he had Dawson as well, and I was like, Dawson, don't do this to me. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> you are well and truly on your way back. Yeah, you're on the board and you're on your way back. So yeah, the rest of the competition is on notice. I'm only four wins off top spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's doable. You can do it. It's early in the season. <laughs> By oh. faith. Do you want to take a look at the ladder, David? Yep. So the ladder looks a little bit like this. No, actually, exactly like this. It's Brett of the Sharpshooters on 20 points, uh, five wins, one loss. Uh, myself, DJ, trade a lot. Uh, living up to my name, Make actually, as well. Uh, in second spot, 16 points, four wins. Uh, Maddie with Tun, 618 on 12 points, three wins. Uh, Wade with Carps Crushers on 12 points, three wins. Uh, obviously, uh difference there in terms of points overall is the separation here scott arthur with his team black and white is in fifth spot again 12 points three wins uh pete with his team tankers on 12 points three wins you see and that's the other thing that's going in your uh in your mm. factor as well because it's so tight apart from the top two all you need yeah. all you need is a, a couple more wins and you're back in it. Um, then we have Dylan in seventh spot. Popper Ball FC, eight points, two wins. And rounding us out, Liam, you're still there, as noble as you are, holding up the ladder. Um, but you've got uh, you got a W, a big W on the board uh, with your team, Church of Parish, four points. And that win. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> the monkey is off the back. That's all I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. So that brings us to the end of the show. But before we go, Liam, where can our listeners find us across our socials? <clears throat> yes, on YouTube, search Supercoach Edge. And don't forget to like and subscribe. On Twitter, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge. Damon at, at Demo J 88 Myself at Liam Evans underscore 95. 
and Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. If you search Supercoach Edge, that's where you'll find us. And you know what I've just found out, Liam? There's a guy that uh, we didn't list in the captaincy, uh, <laughs> and it's someone close to my heart. It is the Messiah himself, <laughs> Sammy Walsh. I'm going to change it. I'm going to do a late change, and you watch Ooh. this backfire. Late change, I love late it. Late change, because just quickly, before <laughs> we uh, finish up the episode, he scored 99, 130, 119, and 141, but he averages against the Lions... Uh, sorry, I've just lost it here. Where are you going? Well, she's running away from me, mate, for good reason. Uh, he averages 122.3 against the Lions, and it's uh, the highest-scoring team, I think, he averages against. So, Ooh. late change. I see you tried late to trick change. me there, Liam. You omitted him from the uh, from the run sheet, perhaps? I did omit him from the run sheet, so he's about <laughs> 1% of teams. But... <laughs> well, that's even better for me, so a bit of a pod. So I'm going to change. And you watch it backfire, and Bond you, actually... You put the VC on him. I want to see the VC on him. <laughs> actually, that's a good idea. I could do that now. You could yes, do that, Yes, of course. Of course. Well, let's see how it goes. Uh, oh, Walshie. yeah. Well, she... It's actually been 5% of teams. All right, I take that. He's getting up there. He's getting up there. 5.1. Absolutely flew up last round. Yep, did. Absolutely. But that's it from us. So thanks, as always, to those that have got around us so far on YouTube by subscribing. And if you haven't yet, if you can do so, that would be very much appreciated. Just we're trying to get to the 1K mark. When we get there, and hopefully it's by the end of the season because it's slow going, and I'm convinced that it's YouTube making us fork out coin and be like, nah, yeah, subs aren't going to go up. So let's 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 give it to them. Let's yeah, get let's... a big dog up, yeah. <laughs> let's get a big dog. Sorry, a big dog up YouTube. <laughs> you know, I'm channeling. You know what it is? It's that Essendon supporter talking about Collingwood. To put up with the shit that we've put up with for the last few years, it's been a fucking nightmare. We hate it, right? Then to come out and pump these assholes who have done nothing but put shit on us for so long. Get a big dog up, you Collingwood. You fucking deserve it. Fuck you all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These assholes have been giving us to us for years on end. It doesn't get any better than that, champion. I'll tell you what. But anyway, that's it for another episode. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. All the best for the round ahead. <laughs> and we'll catch you same time, same place. We'll see you. Yes. See you guys. <laughs>